you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. We limit distance, so I will do all the readings. I look forward to the day when you will take your place here in the Liturgy of the Word and the other ministries of the Eucharist. The first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to Shebna, master of the palace, I will thrust you down from your office and pull you from your station. On that day, I will summon my other servant, Eliakam, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and gird him with your sash and give him over to your authority. He shall be the father of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David on Eliakam's shoulder. When he opens, no one shall shut. When he shuts, no one shall open. I will fix him like a peg in a sure spot to be a place of honor for his family. The word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unscrutable are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given the Lord anything that he may be repaid? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. with you a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples who do people say that the Son of Man is they replied some say John the Baptist others Elijah still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets he said to them but who do you say I am? 
Simon Peter said in reply, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. And so I say to you, you are Petras, Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so Jesus is walking with his disciples, and he has, I think, let's go for the human perspective, a moment of introspection. They've seen his miracles, they've seen him rise, raise people from the dead, multiply bread, they've seen all of that. And to be called the Son of Man is an honor that's been very, very commonplace in certain events throughout scriptures, well into the Old Testament. Son of Man is someone chosen by God to represent God in a special way. So you and I are sons and daughters of God in that same way. But in the capital, Son of Man, specially chosen. Okay, so he knows from his activities that something's going on in him. And I, I always have a, a great appreciation of the humanity of Jesus and his developing realization of his divinity. So he's in Caesarea Philippi. Now you've got to picture it. Caesarea Philippi was composed by Caesar Augustus. Uh, it was an area in which he put a huge temple to the god Pan. And Caesarea Philippi is located on Mount Hebron. Mount Hebron is what feeds the Jordan. So the great Jordan River that we all know about, that when Jesus was baptized, begins there. Also, there is huge cavern there in that area. And it was a superstition, but it was also believed that that was the gate of hell, that huge cavern the gate of what Jesus calls the netherworld. So now we have Jesus and his apostles on this cliff overlooking all of the valley of Hebron. And he does something very significant that recalls the first reading. That's really why we use that first reading, because it shows the power of the keys. So he turns around in this moment of introspection, and he says, well, You've been following me. You saw what I, what I do. Who, who do people say the Son of Man is? This ambassador from God. Who do, who do people say? And, well, common parlance. Well, some think you're a, a, a dead prophet come back from the dead. Some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're Elijah or one of the other prophets. You know, and Jesus knows himself and he doesn't push it. But he looks to Peter, 
and looks to every one of us. Who do you say I am? Peter the fisherman, Peter the impetuous one, Peter eventually who will deny him, Peter who will eventually ask forgiveness and, and weep his way back into the heart of Jesus. Peter, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now there's only one. There's only one Messiah, the Christ. And Peter, in this moment of revelation, I, I think from God, because he's just a normal guy. He's a fisherman. Did he go to school? Did he, was he educated? Uh, we don't think so. Of that group, probably Jesus was, and maybe some of the other apostles were educated in the Torah and the tradition of the Jews. Jesus could also have been essay, uh, um, exposed to the Essene community, which is a monastic community that John the Baptist was part of. But no great education. So Jesus turns around and says, whoa, you didn't figure this out on your own, Peter. I mean, I'm paraphrasing Jesus, don't mind. You didn't figure this out on your own, Peter. It was my Heavenly Father who put this thought in your head. This is important for us today. Put that aside. How God speaks to us. God doesn't always come in a revelation or thunderbolts or on top of a mountain. God speaks to our hearts. When we are exposed to God and come before him, as, as Peter was, he comes before him with an open heart and a, probably a struggling faith, like the rest of us. And he says to Jesus, his own words, but I'm sure inspired by God, because that's what Jesus says. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. Amazing. Now, they're standing above the Temple of Pan. No, it's not one of those gods down there, a Roman god. You are the Son of the living God. We are standing on Hebron, where the, the Jordan is fed, and the, and the vacuum of the cavern is there, reminiscent of the netherworld. Jesus takes all of that in. He says, you've been inspired by my Father. Again, the human Jesus. Imagine how surprised and joyful he was that those thick-headed apostles finally got it. At least one got it. Eventually, they'll all get it. The Holy Spirit will come upon them and inspire them to understand what Jesus was all about. But put, let's put ourselves in the place of those apostles. The average person, average one of us, We've been gifted by the Son of God. We've been brought into his family through baptism. We come to the Eucharist uniting ourselves to God. And yet, let's call it as it is, at times we're challenged. Where is God during this COVID virus? Where is God during the social unrest in our country? Where is God when there's illness? Where is God, and the questions go on and on. We question God. And I think Jesus appreciated that from the apostles. They all wanted Jesus to be something reincarnated, but he didn't have to go there. He knew who he was, although he was checking 
the faith level out of the apostles. And when Peter says, like, like we could say, you are Christ, the son of the living God. I'm here in this church this morning because of that. Because you are Christ. Because you're the son of the living God. Because you know all hearts. You read it. You were there in the beginning. You're here with us now. All of that is not said in the scriptures, but certainly built into it as an evangelical moment of faith. So what does Jesus say to him? This Peter, we heard it. He gives him something that was reminiscent during the reigns of the kings in the Old Testament. He gives them keys, metaphorically. There was no handing over keys. Because the majordomo, the head of the household, the palace of the king, always had keys on his shoulder. So he had like a big band and the keys would be here. Those keys alone were a symbol to everybody who saw him of his importance. In the scripture that we read, the person that God is talking to is going to be put aside because he was dishonest. Many stories as to how he was dishonest. We don't have to go into that. But he was dishonest, and the idea of the keys is what we're looking at. And the keys are going to be given to a successor of his. And he, as the scriptures tell us, will open and things will open. He will close, and things will close. He says yes, and things will say yes. That's how powerful he was. So Jesus knows his scripture. He knows his ancestors. And he's telling Peter, I'm giving you the keys. To open, close, yes, no. As, as a church, as a Catholic church, we often tie this into the role of the Pope as the successor of Peter. The, the, the one who holds the keys. And, and that's, that's appropriate. It's appropriate theology it's from the historical Peter to, to Francis today. But more so than that, the fact that Jesus established not a church. See, Jesus never had a church. Jesus was a Jew. He came to teach Jews about God. He came to teach the people of Israel more about what the, the rule and the role and the presence of God was in their lives. He was a reformer, but it went right over their heads. And Paul often regrets that his ancestors, Paul is a Jew, never got it. But those who did get it, who followed Jesus, Paul says today, we understand how unscrutable God's ways are, how beyond our imagination God is. So Jesus says to Peter, here are the keys. There were no keys. Is the authority over my ecclesia. Ecclesia is the Greek, goes back to the Aramaic, Jesus' language. Eventually that's translated into Greek again. And it means the assembly. You are you are the head of my assembly. You are the head of my group. Again, Jesus would have been shocked at this. If he walked in today, 2,000 years ago, if he walked in today, he said, whoa, what's this? It's not the temple. A church dedicated to me? Yes, Jesus. Because eventually we learn that his ecclesia, his assembly, his group, his church is us. Through his theology and understanding by the Holy Spirit, Paul says God's church 
is not this beautiful building, although this applies as brick and mortar. God's church is here, right there. All of us gathered. We are God's church. And upon us, God's house of faith and love and charity is built. See the authority he gave Peter? See the role he gave Peter? And I, I want to say, along with Peter, he gave it to us, that challenge and that role. To bring his word forever, everywhere. And although he said, you know, we're standing at this great place that they think is the beginning of hell, the netherworld, my church will never be conquered by the netherworld. My church will never be conquered by hell. My church will live forever as long as they have faith in me. That's us. Now open the papers, look at the Twitters, look at the, the Facebook, look at what's going on in our world. And you say there are churches that are being torn apart, there are statues of, of our faith that are being destroyed, there are people who are ridiculing. And I can, this is another, you know, extra, extra uh, script, scriptural interpretation. I can see God saying, they're trying like hell to destroy my church, but the power of the netherworld will never conquer my church. He's talking about you and me. We're being tempted every day to give up our faith, to look at the secular world as running our lives. Great themes, great themes are often destroyed by violence and destruction. Of course, we believe in the value of every person. We are Christian. We believe in the value of every person made in the image of God. Yes, Black Lives Matter, yes. Okay, it's about time that as a society we open our eyes up and said, oh, by the way, our sisters and brothers who are brown, black, yellow, it doesn't matter, are also part of the church, the body of Christ. Some believe in Christ, some do not, but all people are in the family of God. So we today still have the mandate in face of destruction, in face of challenge, in face of disease, we still have the mandate to bring his word to others. His own words. The gates of hell will never prevail against him. That's not poetry. In the last few months, from the descent of the COVID virus in our country, we've been living hell. You know that as well as I do. People in the hospitals, people in the healthcare facilities, people in all countries have been living hell on earth. We could give up. We could say, to hell with God. But we who are Christians realize that not even hell will prevail against our faith because our God is above anything we can imagine. And Paul is very clear on that when he says, 
how unsearchable his ways, how inscrutable his judgments. Who can know the mind of God? Who can know who has ever been his counselor? For him, through him, and in him are all things. And we, as our community of faith, respond, to him be glory forever. You have the keys. We all have the keys. We've all been mandated to give glory to God through love, through justice, through peace. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud.